This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Well, good morning. Welcome to Rock Springs Church. If you're visiting with us, yes, this is a different kind of Sunday, and uh, but we're glad you're here. If you're watching online, this is different. Today is Defy the Odds Sunday. For some of you, you're thinking, um, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, well, for years and years, Pastor Benny has been asked over and over to write the story, write your story. We've heard a lot about it. We've heard bits and pieces out of chronological order, but we want to know your story. And not only your story, Pastor Benny, we want to know the Rock Springs story. We want to know, uh, our, it's our story of, of just how we got to here. And, uh, and then not only that, not only your story and our story, but then it's your story of how God wants to use your life as well. And so today's the day. Uh, it's going to be released all over the world. It's uh, nationally and, and internationally published uh, releases in January. But today is the early release for the Rock Springs family. So today is Defy the Odds Sunday, the early release of the book for you. And uh, so so we've got something special planned. I want to introduce you to a few people. Of course, you know Pastor Benny, and uh, as, as far as uh, you know him, but also Miss Brittany is sitting right beside him. And Brittany, now you have been a part of the church for 20 years. 20 years. And so she started in, I know, in the uh, high school ministry, in the student ministry of the. You, you were my youth pastor. I was her youth pastor, and, and she made it out alive. And uh, so. Um, that goes to show. So, uh, but she has been a part of the church for a long, long time. Met your husband here, Pastor yeah. Taylor McNeely, that a lot of you guys know. You guys have been married for twelve years. Twelve years, and you have two two boys. Two boys, Knox and Nash. Knox and Nash, two wild Indians, and uh, we're thankful for them as well. And to your right uh, is Miss Barbara Tate, everybody. So you heard her name a lot. <laughs> You have heard her name a lot, but you've probably not seen her face because she's in the background uh, a whole lot. But she, uh, I know, Miss Barbara, you and Pastor Benny have been married for 37, over 37 years. Yes, sir. Over 37 yeah. years. So that's, uh, you guys, Pastor Benny, you must have got married as a kid. Well, we were very young. I've often said right after we got married, we didn't know whether to go on a honeymoon or summer camp. Amen. We were just kids. Matter of fact, I think we've got a picture of when you guys first got married, if, if they can throw that up there. There it is. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> that, that could be us because I think his mouth's open and hers is closed. Right? I think that's going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I actually, I think we really do have some of the original photos. There's Miss Barbara, and uh, when they got married, and then there's the two of you guys. Uh, Cameron, that was uh, I bought that dress. I bought that dress. Thirty-five dollar wedding dress. Hey, it looks beautiful. It it wasn't the dress that made the woman. It was the woman that made the dress. Oh, smart guy. <laughs> that ain't written down any. Either. I got that. Amen. <laughs> well, that, that's wonderful. I, obviously, uh, I know that for you and Barbara, I, you guys did certainly, uh, the people that don't know Miss Barbara, you, you don't realize what a big deal it is just to have her on the stage. I, because I know this is way out of what you enjoy doing. How'd you get her here? Well, Cameron, uh, as you can see, she's got a new dress on. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, 
And late last night, I'm in shoe stores trying to find blue shoes. I can tell you that. Uh, no, the bottom line is uh, Barbara wouldn't, I couldn't coerce her to do this. She, as much as she loves me, she wouldn't do this for me. She wouldn't do this for Rock Springs Church. She wouldn't do this for you, Cameron. Uh, it was mentioned, and she said, I'm doing this for one reason and one reason only. The only reason I'm doing this on this Sunday is I feel like the Lord wants me to do it. Amen. That's the only reason I'm doing it. I, I know that's the case. But I would do it for him, too. You would do it for him, too? <laughs> I would. Well, then next Sunday, I want you to help me no, out. No, thank you. <laughs> She's out on that one. <laughs> so... I know when you guys started, we saw the photo of when you guys got married. I, I know you have said before, but you, you guys started with nothing. I mean, Cameron, we literally started with nothing. This is not an exaggeration. When Barbara and I got married, we didn't own a piece of furniture. We owned not one piece of furniture. We rented a trailer that was furnished. Uh, that's the trailer right there. That's, that's where Barbara and I lived that's when it. we first got married. We didn't own one piece of furniture. We had been married, uh, we'd been married probably four or five days. This is not an exaggeration. We went on a honeymoon. We spent one night in a motel, 30 minutes from where we lived. That was our honeymoon. But we came back home. We'd been there three or four days. And anybody that knows Barbara knows she's a clean fanatic. Uh, if I get up in the night to go to the restroom, she remakes the bed. I mean, she's a, she's, a, she's a clean fanatic. But we had been married for three or four days, and she said, Benny, I need to do something. I said, what's that? She said, uh, I need to get a bottle of Pine Sol. And I just had that strange look on my face, and she said, what? She said, you don't have money to get a bottle of Pine Sol? I said, Barbara, I, 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 don't, I get paid Friday, and if you'll wait till Friday... I'll have enough money for a bottle of Pine Sol, but I don't have enough money for a bottle of Pine Sol. And then I never will forget this. I looked at her and I said, now listen, Barbara, you didn't marry me thinking I had money, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and she responded by saying, what'd you say, Barbara? I thought you had a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a little bit, yeah, but I had none. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Cameron, it, we, we just struggled. It was, uh, it was oatmeal, cornmeal, miss a meal. Amen. I mean, we just, we just struggled. So that's dead broke, right, Barbara? That's that, it. That, that's if anybody we was living on love, we was doing it. I tell yeah. you what. Absolutely. So I, I know, obviously, there's a bunch about the book that deals with uh, your story. At, but I know for you, it's so much more than that. And you, you told me that this book is not just about a man. Cameron, I met with the prayer group early this morning, and I said, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand. This is not about a man. This is about a message that will motivate a movement. It's not about a man. It's about a message that will motivate a movement. Because what I want people to realize, you can defy the odds in your life, whatever that is. Through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. Amen? So, so... Whatever the odds are in your life, this book is simply, look here, this book is simply a message. I look here and I see sheriffs. I see sheriffs. You know what I'm going to be doing with these sheriffs, Cameron? These sheriffs have, have reached out to me and said, will you bring defy the odds to my jail? And they have said, 
Well, you go inmate to inmate giving those inmates this book because these sheriffs believe what I believe through Christ, anybody right. can defy the odds. Amen. That's right. That's right. And I, I know that today is being a special day. It's a release for our people. It, it will be going uh, nationwide on thing on January the 4th. And, uh, but you, you were specific about wanting to get it to our people. Cameron, it goes nationwide on January the 4th. It goes in uh, Barnes and Noble, Books of Me, and Amazon everywhere. But I said, no, 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 no. I, I don't want the Rock Springs people. I want the Rock Springs people to be the first to get the book. I want the Rock Springs people to get the book at a price that nobody else is going to get it at. And uh, I negotiated that with the publisher, basically said, we'll do that, or, or I really don't want to do it. And uh, so that's, that's our motivation, Cameron. I want, I want the people because uh, without, without you all, without Barbara, there's, there's no book. I mean, uh, it's just, it's, it's a book about all of us. It's a book about what God's done. Absolutely. So if you're in the room with us today, that you can get your copy in the foyer if you'd like. Uh, or if you're online, you can go to DTObook.com. So you can't get it just anywhere yet. No. And Cameron, that's why at 5 o'clock today, I'm going to our Macon campus. I literally will be here, I hope, signing a, a long time. But then I'm going to our Macon campus because I want the people in Macon to be the first to get the book. They're the Rock Springs family. And I wanted the Rock Springs family to be the very first people. Absolutely. So let me ask you, I know some people may say, well, Pastor Benny, um, why, why this book? Why this message? And, and why now? You know, I would answer that with a conversation I had with a, we're Georgians and we had a governor years ago named Zale Miller. He's passed, already gone to heaven. I just met Zale uh, one time. I met Zale Miller through my dear friend, Gerald Hudgens. It's here on the front row. And uh, I asked Zale Miller a question. I said, why did you wait 16 years? Why were you le lieutenant governor for 16 years before you ever ran for governor? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, uh, Pastor, I never thought I was ready. And I got to be honest with you, why the book's now not been many years before is I never thought I was ready. I never thought I had a whole lot to share. Uh, but I'm 57 years old Tuesday, and I feel like I feel like we go through seasons of life. I think we go through the receive season. We're learning. We're, we're, we're trying to learn all we can for our careers. I was going to conferences and trying to study older pastors. Then we go through the race stage of life and season of life. We're trying to raise a family. I was trying to raise up buildings around here. I was trying to raise up leaders. I was trying to raise up uh, budgets. But then we go to the release stage. That's when we pour back and we learn that there's something way past success. So far past success is significance. And that's when you can pour back. And what this book is, this book is not a book about all Benny Tate's success. It's a lot about my failures also. But it's a book about trying to pour back and help people that are younger than I am. Simply, uh, I didn't write it before because I didn't have the confidence to do it before. And you talked about to, to me just of how uh, God has led people along the way, and, and a lot of that's in there, just different ones along the way of how to get to here. And, and Brittany, certainly uh, bringing you into the picture was, was kind of off the radar. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't what you were expecting to do. Um, 
So tell us, I'm sure everybody here wants to know, what in the world is it like to write a book for Benny Tate? Um, that has to be... It's a little scary. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and so why, why you? How did that happen? Well, um, I believe you were in the car one day riding with Pastor Benny and my husband, Taylor. And um, Pastor Benny mentioned, just like you said, a lot of people have asked, when you're going to put your story in a book? And Pastor Benny said, you know, I'm thinking about writing a book. And Taylor spoke up and said, hey, Brittany would love to help you write that book. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. And he gets home and he tells me that. He's like, don't be mad at me, but I told Pastor Benny that you'd help him write his book. And, and you've written a lot of books. I've written no books. <laughs> you know, beyond like college essays, I've never written anything lengthy. And so um, I was in my ninth year of teaching. And, you know, they say those who can't do teach. So, you know, I was teaching kids how to read and write, but, you know, I didn't really know if I was good at that myself. So, um, you know, I kind of prayed Pastor Benny, Benny would forget about that. <laughs> but that very next Sunday, he came up and said, hey, Taylor told me you'd help me write the book. And I was like, sure, I would love to. And so it just, um, you know, like I said, I was teaching. I have a full-time job. I have two kids. I didn't know when it was going to happen. And then, of course, 2020 came around and COVID happened and God gave us the time. And um, I was home and was able to meet with Pastor Benny. And so we'd sit down and um, it was scary because it's, a, it's an awesome story. And I know that lives can be impacted in a major way. And so I didn't take that lightly. And I was terrified, like, don't get this wrong. And, um, but we sat down and prayed before every time we wrote and uh, just asked God to do whatever he wanted to do with it. And, um, and that's what he did. And so every step of the way, even when the publisher, Harvest House Publishing, said they wanted to publish the book after reading one or two chapters, that was another terrifying moment. Like, well, what if the rest of the chapters aren't that great? <laughs> you know? And so um, I, was, I would say I was scared all along the way. But yeah. I remember telling God, like, I'm going to say yes to whatever you ask me to do. And so I'll tell y'all, if you, if you tell the Lord you'll do something, he'll give you an opportunity to follow through. And so um, I said yes all along the way. And I was scared, but fear doesn't disqualify you Try. from following the Lord. And so I would just say to anyone listening, if God's called you to do something and you're terrified, dive in head first because he's going to call you out of your comfort zone and he will lead you into things you would never imagine possible. But he gets all the glory when he does that. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. Amen. I, I, I can't imagine how difficult and, and fearful it would have been. Pastor me, a lot of your stories uh, deal with just uh, fearful encounters and, and overcoming different things that have happened in your life. And I know that there's the fear of failure from those stories. There's the fear of failure all along the way in your story. And uh, how in your life have you pushed past fear? Well, I would say the the simplest way to answer that question, Cameron, is I, I tried again. I just, uh, I realized that uh, you don't judge a person's success by what they accomplish in life. You judge their success by the obstacles they overcome to accomplish whatever they accomplish in life. You know, uh, I've learned if we just trust God and lean into Him, He will work it out. I talk a lot about Rock Springs Church in the, in the book. It's a uh, you know, I've given most of my life here, and to be honest with you, I have grave lots out here in the cemetery, not planning to use them anytime soon, but, uh, but I've given my life here. 
I talk a little bit about the second church that I pastored. But if you'll notice, uh, I, I don't talk a lot about the first church I pastored because I was the pastor there and it closed. It ceases to exist. It's not a church anymore. I've often thought if I'd been a better leader, it would probably still be functioning. I, I did some things, not immoral, unethical, but m some leadership abilities that, uh, that I liked there. I think that was uh, uh, not uh, advantageous to the church excelling. But what I did, Cameron, I learned from that experience. I learned from that experience, and I think I'm a better pastor today, and I think I used what I, I used my failures there to, uh, to move forward in my second church and in my third church. And what I would say to a person that's failed, uh, uh, failure, failure is an event. It's not a person. You're, you're not a failure. You, you, there's not bad people. We make bad decisions. We make bad decisions, but you can... You can begin again. And uh, I would just tell that person to, to get up. Don't give an alibi. Give another try. I'd rather try and fail as fail to try. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I, I believe that. And now, Miss Barbara, and, and uh, we saw the early photos, but, but it wasn't too long after that, 1990, I guess, uh, a few years later, you guys come down to Georgia. He's a 25-year-old kid. You're following right along with him and, and uh, just loving him. With, did, you'd gotten a bottle of pine salt by that point. I sure did. <laughs> so so you, you were leaving, obviously, Tennessee. That, that was the first time that you guys had yes, sir. left, left never... out been out of Tennessee other than when we came to Georgia. That's right. And so, so you came from, from Tennessee down to Georgia, just a, a young, young girl following this, this young man and, and uh, starting. You had no family down here, nothing. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, when you got to that place, as a matter of fact, I, I don't want to skip this, but we got, a, we got a first photo of when Pastor Benny actually got down here. That was the first Sunday. That was my first Sunday because my mother bought me that suit. She said, if you're going to be moving, I want to buy you a suit. I want to buy Barbara a dress. And that was, a, she bought me that. Uh, that was my very first Sunday, probably preached to about Just a kid. 25 people. Just a kid. High energy, low IQ. <laughs> So that's 25-year-old Benny Tate right there. That's yeah. him. That's that, him. That's it. Well, Had a lot of hair, different color hair. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Miss Barbara, when, when you got to Georgia, it wasn't but a few years later, uh, you know, that, that I know that it, the story really became very difficult for you as well here, and you went through a very difficult time. Do you mind sharing some of that? Sure. I'd be glad to. <clears throat> Back in 1992, um, Cameron, all I ever wanted to be was a wife and mother. That was kind of my dream. And when we came here, uh, we had tried nine years to have a baby. And that dream just wasn't coming true, Cameron. So I just turned 30 years old, and I went to this doctor, and I was going to find out what was going on, why I couldn't have a baby. <clears throat> and he did this surgery on me, uh, ran some dye through my tubes, and uh, he found out that there was nothing wrong with me. There was no reason why. And um, when he came in to tell us that day, Benny said, I, I, I saw you change that moment. When he, I just lost hope that moment. And so um, uh, we went home that day, and I went to bed. And I just quit eating. And I wanted to die, Cameron. 
I, I just lost all hope. I just didn't care about living anymore. And then uh, Benny said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to let you die on me. So he started seeking out a Christian counselor. And that counselor, he would go with me and to the, and we'd sit and talk to him and he encouraged me so much, you know. Benny just helped me so much. He said, I want you to live. You're not gonna die. And so he, he would get out, the counselor put me out to walking and drinking water and eating vegetables and stuff. And Benny said, he would fix them and you know, just every way he could do, you know, he said, I'm gonna help you. And even when it would rain, he'd say, we're gonna go down in the sanctuary, in the old sanctuary and we're gonna walk. And, and we're gonna get you better, Barbara. Cause we're, we're going to get you a baby. And <clears throat> sure enough, he said, a bend in the road's not an end in the road. And uh, from the time we filed for adoption, nine months later, Savannah Abigail came. <laughs> I mean, that was God. That was God. Nine months later, how many people adopts a child and gets her? Nine months later, that was God, and I knew it was because even when we, uh, the money, we didn't have no money then, and it cost us around, what, $10,000 to bring her home, but Rock Springs Church helped us to bring that baby home and took up, they took up every penny that we hadn't saved. They took up to the penny that what we needed to bring her home, and that's God, and I, I just love him and I praise him because he's worthy of praise and we can all defy the odds through him if we'll just look to him. I just love him and I just want to praise him today. Cameron, here's a, a you know, I relive in that story and it's far more detailed in the book, but... Uh, I remember Barbara going to bed for about six to eight months, not getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I would say to every person listening today, this is what I want to leave you with. Christians are not exempt from depression. Don't you ever feel like you're less than or because you've gone through a depressing time? The great ones in the Bible, whether it be Elijah, whether it be David, whether it be Moses, they all literally reach, they reach the same point Barbara reached and they prayed to die. They didn't want to live, but God still had a plan. And I want you to know God still got a plan for you. You may be in a low time, but God still got a plan. Now, I know along with that, that was a defining moment for her, but even in conjunction with that story, it became a defining moment for you as well uh, here at the church. Tell us about that. God did so many wonderful things through Barbara's story. What, you know, we... We tell more in the book. Uh, she was able to spend the last six months of her mother's life with her mother because of the depression. She would have never gone and stayed with her mother had it not been for the depression. So what the enemy went for meant for bad, God turned around and used yes. for good. And, uh, but I remember Cameron at, at the height of Barbara's sickness that we, again, we talk about that in the book. I remember going to the church board and saying, I met with the five men who interviewed me when they hired me. And I met with those men and I said, listen, you all need a pastor. Yes. 
I'm not your man. I said, my wife's very sick and my number one responsibility is to take care of her. I'm preoccupied. You don't need me. You need somebody else. This was on a Thursday, and I said, I'll be resigning Sunday and leaving relatively quickly. I'm going to go back to Tennessee and see what I can do. More than anything, just take care of my wife. Yes. And those men were in the room. It was men like Howard Niblett. Don Thomas, Jim Landers, and others. And when I said that, those men that were in their 50s, I was a kid. They started crying. They started crying and they said, Benny, don't leave. Please don't leave. You can take off a year and we'll give you your job back. Whatever it takes, we'll, we'll help you with Miss Barbara. We'll, we'll help, help her to go to hospitals. We'll do anything, but don't leave. And Cameron, I looked in those men's faces and I thought, I don't even know why they love me like this. They see something in me that I sure don't see in me. And I said, nobody's ever going to love me like this. And folks, that's the foundation for me staying here 32 years. Because I always figured nobody's ever going to love me like that. We're so grateful for those men. We certainly stand. There were, none of this would be here were without not, those men. Were it not for them, that's that's the truth. Now I know throughout the book there's story just like that of story after story of just defying the odds. But I know even in all of that, the purpose of that was to get to a place where you could tell the people that they could do the same. They could do the same for their life. So to, to say that for them. Here, here, here's what I would say, folks: is uh. uh God will always show up right on time. God will always show up right on time. God will always be more than enough for what you need. You know what? I tell that story about those five men. And uh, I've often thought about what if those five men had responded differently? What if they had responded differently? And it shows you the power of what we can do for somebody when they're going through a very tough time. Our words and our actions really do matter. One of my favorite men in the Bible is a man by the name of David. Do you ever think about this? Nobody believed in David. Nobody believed in David. God said, Samuel, go down there and anoint him king. Go down to Jesse's house and anoint the next king. And Jesse sends seven boys out there. Seven boys. And then finally, Samuel says, do you have another one? Do you have another one? Because here's what I want you to understand. David's father didn't believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him. They said, you're just a nosy runt. His boss, Saul, didn't believe in him. He said, you're no match for this man. He's a man of war. Goliath sure didn't believe in him. He said, I'm going to tear your head off and I'm going to feed you to the birds. Nobody believed in David. But here's what I'd say to you if you're listening today. Don't ever let people put limitations on your life. I was raised by a stepfather 
who told me I was an ignorant bastard that would never amount to anything. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard you'll never amount to anything. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. Perhaps you was raised something like that. But here's what I want to say to you. Here's what I want to say to you. God believes in you. God believes in you. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalms 56 and 9. It says, for this I know, God is for me. <laughs> for this I know, God is for me. And young lady, young man, I want you to know God's for you. I want you to know that God is for you on this day. God's for you and God's not against you. There's something else I want you to know. I'm the most ordinary person that God ever created. I'm not a gifted person. I wish I was, but I'm just not. I'm not a gifted person. But you know, in 1 Samuel 16, Jesse brings David out there eventually. And Samuel takes that horn of oil and he pours it on David. And the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon him. You never underestimate the power of the Spirit of God in your life. You never underestimate if God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> you never underestimate greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You never underestimate I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Tell you a story. <laughs> this building that you're in, building you're in right now. When I was in the small sanctuary, I used to pray. I'd gather on Saturday afternoons and a few people with me, and I would pray for God to send the people. God to send the people. And he did. And we came into this building. I never will forget. When Barbara and I walked in the first time, we both just started crying. And I said to myself, what a dad I've got. How am I ever going to fill this building? How am I ever going to pay for it? A few days later, I'm over in the small sanctuary down on my knees praying. And I said, God, <laughs> how am I ever going to fill that building? And God said, you didn't fill the one you're in. He did. He did. He did. Here's something else I'll just give you to think about. You know, Saul was the king before David. You know how many giants Saul killed? Zero. You know how many giant killers there were in Saul's army? Zero. You know how many giant killers there were in David's army? Four. Why? Because David killed a giant. And what God wants to do, God wants to take the experiences of our lives and use them to help other people kill giants. 
So what the book, Defy the Odds, is about, it's not about a man. It's about a message that's going to motivate a movement. And people are going to say, I can defy my odds also. I can defy my odds also. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.